Hey there, welcome to the podcast. I'm Greg Detmeyer, an instructional coach at Western Dubuque. Sitting across from me, back at the mic, is Jay Hill. Hey. Jenny Hillebrand. She's also an instructional coach here at Western Dubuque. And since the two of us are together and we have microphones going, this is the Instructional Coaching Corner, the podcast. Jenny, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. Awesome. Great. We're uh, getting back into the swing of things with school and kind of getting back into a routine. I needed routine back. Isn't it crazy how like your brain just (laughs) takes a bit to like start working right? Yeah. Like my neurons forgot how to fire in some areas, I think. Which is why please don't take, you know, any offense to this podcast if we say a lot of ums or have misfires because I think we're still a little... A little off, but we're getting there. A little we're bit. There's back. some rust falling off here and there. Yeah. Uh, so, Jenny, anytime I'm having to overcome something hard, mm-hmm. such as kicking rust off the brain, <laughs> I find the best thing to do for maximum success is to keep it all within. Don't tell anybody. Just go off in a corner and figure stuff out on my own. Don't bring anything, anyone else into the fold <laughs> and uh, just grit through it. Well, and that's what we're talking about today, correct? You know, Greg, I think you're going to get a lot out of what we're going to talk about today. If that's I hope how you so, handle because I've, situations. Been, I have not been overcoming yeah. much yeah. lately. You know, Greg, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, we're, we're talking about our, our topic today about social investment, because I think you're going to get a lot out of this one after, you know. I hope so. You being this little hermit and keeping everything inside. Yeah, me and my little rock. Yeah, yeah. Little so, rocking chair. And we're going to talk about... Uh, the last principle of the happiness advantage, which is a uh, social investment. And it's probably one of the most important ones there is. So Greg, let me ask you a question. Can you name the last five Heisman Trophy winners? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Without is, is, a Google? Can yeah. I Google it? No, you can't Google. Then I cannot. Okay. Can you name a Heisman Trophy winner ever? Probably not. No? Okay. I'm, I'm bad with the, like... So I loved like following like sports and stuff, but I'm terrible with like the whole, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, I struggle like remembering stuff or even like, you know, college to NFL, yeah. like the draft, all that stuff. I, I hear like, names ah. and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember them. They were really good. How about... Actually, um, random fact of the podcast. Do you yeah. know where the first Heisman Trophy ever is sitting today? No. It's sitting at my alma mater, Dubuque Senior High School. In Dubuque, Iowa. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did Mr. not know that. Check it out. How did that happen? Uh, an alumni there was who later went on to play football was the first recipient of the Heisman Trophy. And he brought it back to his yeah. high school. That's awesome. I don't know if it's like the original or if it's like a replica, but it's yeah, there. It's there. That's awesome. Pretty cool. All right. How about any Nobel Prize winners? Well, um, Chuck Norris. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. All right. Um, actually, in all seriousness, I believe uh, Obama got it recently. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, Nelson Mandela got it recently? Maybe Einstein. All right. Back in the day. Okay, so you can name a few of them. I got a few of them. All right. Pretty important people. Oh, these are right? very important people. So if you could meet them, if you could meet any one of them, what would you think? Like if you could go meet a Heisman Trophy winner or a Nobel Prize winner? It, I guess it'd be cool. I don't think I'd really freak out too much. No. Am I supposed to? Like, I've never been like that person where if I see like a celebrity or someone famous, like I'm not going to like, oh, it's like, you know, they're a person just like me and they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. No, I would freak out. I I don't think I would. Unless it's like someone I admire 
not because of what they do, but like Chuck the, Norris. the person there. So if you met Chuck so Norris, I or met Sylvester. Chuck Norris. Oh, you did. I did okay. meet Chuck Norris, and I didn't go all crazy. I, you know, I shook his hand. Yeah. And and I said, Chuck, thanks for uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, and all the uh, <laughs> cheesy '80s action flicks you put out. And and he shaked it back very firmly. Yep. And said, Greg, have a good day. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you some more questions okay. here, quick. I'm I'm hitting them out of the park. You are. <laughs> Who do you love spending time with? My Anybody? family, my okay. kids, my wife. All right. Uh, who helped you through a tough time in life? Uh, my wife. Okay. Who was your favorite teacher? Uh, Mr. Barton. All right. Back in middle school. Who do you learn from? My peers, those around me. Okay. So Everybody. We can learn from anybody. Greg, do you feel like you could answer those differently than you answered the first two questions? I feel I was able to answer them a lot more confidently. Like I could actually like... If you said, why was Mr. Barton your favorite teacher? I could say, here's why. Where, like, if you said, why did Obama win the Nobel Peace Prize? I'd be like, oh, no. no. <laughs> okay. So the whole idea of social investment, Greg, is, you know, when we think about those people that won the Heisman Trophy or Nobel Prize winners or um, the last person to win the America's Got Talent or American Idol, you know, we think about those people and – to most, maybe not to you, because you're like, eh, I don't get too excited about it. But to some, like they get really excited. Um, they they put them up on that pedestal, like, oh my gosh, these are famous people. It's so mm -hmm. exciting to meet these people, and you feel like it would be just this life changing event to meet those people that won these Heisman trophies, Nobel Prize winners. Um, but the people that you answered for the the second set of questions, those are the people that are most important in our lives. Those are the people that. Um, oftentimes maybe they don't get as much recognition or appreciation as maybe what they should even though they're the people that love us the most mm -hmm. and spend the most time with us and really know us as a as a person so um, the whole idea of social investment is that we really need to make sure that we are investing in our social support network so the people that are closest to us because they really are our greatest predictor of success. I think that's huge. What do you mean by that, Jenny? You know, the, those people, you know, you said, when I asked you, who do you learn from? And you said your peers. If you don't invest in those peers, you know, I mean, I'm your greatest predictor of success on this podcast. Without me, this podcast is nothing. It so, is nothing. You know, if you're not investing in me and telling me how great I am all the time. Which I do. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That, that one time when I, I sent you that box and I said, hey, Jenny, just thanks for doing the podcast. Wouldn't have got off the ground without you. <laughs> you did. That was very nice of so you. So I socially invested <laughs> one time. Yeah. And, you know, if I remember correctly, one of the KPEC podcasts when you had said, you know, okay, Simon, I think Jay Hill's going to have a hard time coming back to this. I'm not sure she's coming back. I mean, I, I remember you saying that. So that was like a negative social investment? That was. Uninvested. That, was, that you uninvested I me, yeah. took a little out of the bank there. <laughs> um, we're not going to talk about personnel issues with the podcast. On <laughs> either, so. No, we won't. So, so the stuff going on with you and Kelly, <laughs> just leave it, leave it to the side. Yeah. So really the whole idea, though, is that we are investing in the people that have the greatest impact on our lives. And that is our family. Um, when I thought about who I learned from the most, one the pe when I when I answered these questions when going through the Orange Frog training, I had put down my children. I had put down all my girls. 
because I feel like every day I learn from them. You know, they they have such a carefree attitude. Um, Things that I would get worked up about, I watch them go through life and how they just go through life with no worries. You know, they have worries, but yet they move past them so much quicker. So I just like the whole idea that we do need to make sure that we're investing in those that are Mm -hmm. close to us. Over the summer, I I learned something from my three-year-old. And I don't know if you remember back to having three-year-olds, but three-year-olds get excited about everything. Mm -hmm. And Isaac was so excited to be home during the summer to be able to see the garbage truck come each day to get the garbage or like once a week or whatever. And he just got so excited. Like he'd know it was garbage day and he'd see the stuff sitting out there and he'd help me carry it out there. And he'd just sit there at the front door waiting for the garbage truck to come. And he'd always want a window open because you could hear it the street over. And as soon as he heard it, he'd be flying out there. And he's just so excited where it's like, how much can I learn from that? Seeing like there's cool stuff happening all around us. We don't get very excited about it because we kind of get numb to a lot of stuff, you know, as adults. We're trying to have like that three-year-old spirit of like just excitement about stuff. Mm -hmm. I learned a a trait or maybe not a trait, but uh, I have a huge fear. Snakes, spiders, mice, all that. And yesterday... I got a Snapchat from my oldest daughter, and uh, it was a picture of her holding up what appeared to be a worm. And she was like, OMG, thought this was a worm. Turns out it was a snake. So they were out (laughs) at the cabin yesterday, and I I instantly, like my stomach turned. I felt like I was going to get sick, and I was like, oh, my God, the snake was really close to where we are. But they were out at the cabin with their grandma and grandpa yesterday, and... um, They came off the boat and Claire was walking up towards the fire pit and she saw something and she said she thought it looked like a worm. And she said she bent down to pick it up. And as she picked it up, she saw the snake's tongue come out. Was it a little baby snake? Yeah. I mean, it was like a gardener snake. I mean, it was probably. And she was holding it? Well, she thought it was a worm. So she was going to like hold it up. Right. Well, then she freaked out. She dropped it and it just coiled back up right there. So me, I'm thinking we all would have run. Jason's dad was going to be the hero of the day and save and them. Come over with a shovel. Yep. Take and it, uh, cut it out. Do you know what? Huh. So I feel like I instill all these fears in my kids mm-hmm. about snakes and spiders and all that. But Gracie, she walked over with a stick. She just put it through the snake and the snake was no more. And she killed the snake. She killed the snake. Way to go, Gracie. Right. So I, I just feel like. I need to learn from that too. Like I, I need to just learn from her and say, you know what? I might have a fear of them, but that was much better off not alive than than in than, your cabin. Than there and in the cabin. So, um, yeah, they the kids do stuff every day where it just they just amaze you with stuff. And so often we get caught up on the hurry up, we have to get here. Hurry up, we have to do this. Or, it's a crazy kills. I'm still shocked. I would have saw her like pick it up, go put it in the woods somewhere, and like. Good luck, Snake. I know. Have a good life. And I think not, I think that's what that. Jason's dad was going to do. I think he was just going to get rid of the snake. I'm showing Greg a picture of the snake right now. There oh. it is. Oh, boy. And there's Claire holding it. That was what I got first. Oh, my. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel like so often we're so busy with things and our kids want to tell us stories and our kids want to do, you know, different things that we oftentimes don't have time for. And so... When I, say, when I said that I learned from my kids, I feel like sometimes they're the ones that 
I try to rush through life because we get so busy. And really just making that social investment and taking the time to stop and listen to their stories and get excited about the garbage truck coming down the road. It's just such an important piece. And really, if we're surrounding ourselves by people that we love, and that with that social investment, it makes us happier and it makes everything else just kind of come together. And what's scary is I feel like those are also the people that's easiest to kind of take it or take for granted Mm -hmm. or kind of just push to the side where it's like, you know, you're going to be there. I have other stuff that's, you know, I'm, I'm air quoting with my fingers right now. That's more important than watching that garbage truck with you. Yep. Yeah. Um, And I think that the one thing too, that I learned is that you know, when we answer those questions, everything, the people that we mention are our spouses or our parents or our kids or, you know, close friends. But I think another important to, another important thing to remember is that not only do we have to have that sh- social investment with the people that we're surrounded by at home, but I think at work. Mm-hmm. When we're at work, we need to have a social investment with the people that we work with. We need to have somebody at work that we love spending time with. I mean, If I really didn't like spending time with you, I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast with you. But really, like, you and I have become such great friends, and we can sit down and we can have conversations, and I feel like you have become such a part part of my family, and your family has become a part of my family, that without that social investment with you here at work, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have made that friendship. Oh, I agree. Sometimes you just have to hang out without like an agenda too mm-hmm. um or without like a goal other than our goal right now is just to hang out and get to know each other as people mm-hmm. as human beings you know just to connect yep so as you're thinking about you know the happiness advantage and everything that you know greg and i have talked about um social investment is probably one of the most important principles that he has in the book because taking the time and investing in the people that love us and the people that care about us, whether that be at home or at work, it's really the root of what's going to make you happy because they're going to drive you and they're going to push you to be the best version of yourself no matter what situation you're in, good or maybe maybe not so good. Mm-hmm. So um, remember that. Social investment, invest in those. Make sure that you tell those people that you are closest to, how much you appreciate everything that they do for you. And to invest in them. Like if they need something, like don't be afraid to go out on the limb and, and, and be that support for them. Yep. Uh, a good example, Isaac's been struggling, my three-year-old, back to this, this is the three-year-old special here. <laughs> um, he's been struggling sleeping at night or falling asleep, so he'll, he'll want me to like lay on his floor with him. And at first I'm like, I'm not laying on the floor. That's a bad habit to get into blah, 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 you just need to go in there and, and, and fall asleep on your own. And one night I was, I was walking back out of his room and it kind of hit me that whether I understood why he needed me there on his floor or not, that didn't like take away the reason why mm-hmm. that he needed me. He wanted me there. He wanted his dad to be there while he f- fell asleep. And it kind of struck me like, you know, he's not, there's going to be a day he's not going to need me there or want me to fall asleep on his floor. But that investing this time together and just being there for him is going to last like our lives. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be something you might not remember, but it's going to be a connection we have forever. Yeah. And, and I think 
But I also think that those are the things that he will remember. The time that, you know, he was scared and wanted you to lay on the floor or, you know, read one more chapter of that book or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, those are huge. They'll, they'll remember them. What are some ways you socially invest at school, Jenny? So one of the things that we're doing as an Epworth staff this year, this is the first time we've done this, is we're having a back-to-school picnic, but it was literally like, bring <laughs> your whole clan, which oh, I fun. think is going to be awesome because mm-hmm. when people see my wife, they see my kids, they're seeing another piece of who Greg Detmeyer is, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's going to be awesome to kind of, you know, see other people interact with their families and their kids and just how everything comes together because I feel like I'm going to get to know each of those people a little more in a different way mm-hmm. than I did before. Yep. You know, I think Farley Elementary also did that, the back-to-school picnic, and I think that's such a great idea. Um, we we do not do a back-to-school picnic um, we do have, you know, one of the first nights of school that all the teachers are back and the, the paraprofessionals are back. We'll get together either at somebody's house or at a restaurant and we'll we'll hang out. So that's kind of our time to get back together and say, hey, how was summer? And again, not feel like, okay, we're at work, so we have to work. We can chit chat, but, you know, we still have work to do. So we all, we, we get together after school starts. Um, but I would say throughout the year, we have safety meetings mm-hmm. after school. You bring your bucket, your your manual, yeah, um, your yep. your flag, your sit, your first aid kit, your duck, your roll of duct tape. Yep, yeah, nope. It's not that kind of safety meeting. So the first safety meeting I went to <laughs> when I was in Cascade, I, I showed up with my uh, my crisis kit. You did not. I did. I'm like, this is kind of weird that we're meeting <laughs> a, at, at this local establishment, establishment, aka the bar, and uh, we're having a safety meeting. I showed up with my my orange vest on. Well, I am so proud of you for being prepared because... Oh, I was ready. Yeah, that that's great. No, so we, we have safety meetings, but I do. I think it's just even hanging out in the hallway. I love after school or before school when you walk up and there's a bunch of teachers in the hallway talking about their weekend, talking about their day, like really just getting to know the people that you work with. They're not just your coworkers. They're, they're people too. Yep. So. One, of the, one of the things I really enjoy throughout the day is lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an instructional coach, sometimes my uh, schedule is a little more flexible where they're not even flexible, but things change. So like I'm not always eating lunch at the same time. So it's so cool to be able to like, you know, eat with the late shift lunch one day and then the early shift lunch and the middle shift lunch and just get to know like the people in the building mm-hmm. just through those lunchtime conversations where they are talking about what their kids are doing in sports or music or or just playing around in the backyard and stuff Mm -hmm. i had the opportunity of going to the orange frog training um mr Colpitz and mr butler and um mrs simon were doing a training yesterday and uh i went back and it was such a great refresher for you know just back to school and kind of getting into that positive mindset again and um one of the things that was shared with this social investment piece was one of our new administrators shared that um, when she was at her old building, when she was in the lunchroom, she always made sure that she ate in the lounge with the teachers at least twice a day, twice a week. And um, that could be my goal. I will eat twice a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But she said that every time a new staff member would walk in, she would update that staff member on what they were talking about. Like, oh, hey, so-and-so, welcome to lunch. We're just talking about the new movie that came out. And um, she said that when she had told him that she was leaving, that was something that had impacted the staff member. That no matter when they walked into the staff lounge, because sometimes when you walk in and everybody's kind of in their conversations and, you know, talking about things, you don't know where to sit. You don't know how to join in on the conversation Mm -hmm. because you weren't there for the beginning. And she said, I loved it because I always felt welcomed. I would walk in and I knew what you were talking about. And I felt like, you know what, I can come in and I can join this conversation. So even just making that that investment of making everybody feel welcome. That was another thing that I just thought was really, really cool. So that kind of brings up a a story I heard uh, probably a couple weeks ago. And I thought about doing like a mini cast or something on it, but I'm going to bring it up now. So. Basically, the story was there was this guy, and he worked in a small business, and I believe he had eight other coworkers. And he had an accident where he lost his hearing, and he had to learn sign language, to read sign language and so forth. And he was off work for quite a while because the accident, like, did other stuff other than that. But, like, that was one of the things was from that accident. He, he could no longer hear. And when he showed back up at work, the, the coolest thing happened was while he was off, those other eight people had all gone on their own time together and signed up for a sign language class. Oh, my So, and he had no idea they, had, they were doing this. So he showed back up at work and was able to communicate with these people because they did what they needed to do to make him comfortable and to meet him where he was. Yeah. And and that was just something I was thinking a lot about, you know, as we're starting a new school year, you know, are we willing to meet people where they're at to connect with them? And I think we need to be. So some people might like to talk about a certain set of things that, you know, we don't really know much about. Maybe we need to do a little research into that or or bring ourselves up to date on that and, and so that we can have a conversation with them on that. Or maybe someone's best form of communication is email. And we're like, email's like, so my grandpa's technology. <laughs> but that's how I'm going to communicate with yeah. you because that's how I can invest in you as a person and that's what's working best for you. And, and really going that extra step to do everything we can. Just, I don't know, just to be good people. Mm-hmm. And invest in each other and care for each other. Yep. Because Kindness when we matters. do that, it's it's gonna the kids are gonna notice. And I think you know one thing that Sean says, and I think this is something that our district is definitely a, we have a huge belief in this this saying or this quote is that what we say and do matters. It matters all the time. It matters with everybody that we have an interaction with. And I think you just nailed that. That everything that we say and do matters and are we willing to maybe go an extra step so that we're meeting people where they are and making them feel appreciated and that's how we all get to the next level like that's how we all get better collectively as a group is we need to meet each other's needs and we need to come together collaborate and and get better and you can't do that if if people aren't willing to invest in each other and when you invest in each other it's going to take extra work it's going to take you doing things that Normally, you might not do, yep. but it's for the greater good. Yep. 
That's awesome. All right. So before we leave, we're going to do one more little thing. And I know that I know that you guys can't see this, but you're going to be able to hear really quickly how well this goes. But, you know, all of the principles really have the rippling effect outward. Um, we haven't gotten through all the principles. We have one more to get through uh, falling up, which you'll hear about in the next podcast. But all of the principles have this rippling outward effect and how sometimes the simplest things that we're doing with let's say social investment or the Zorro circle, all of those things ripple outward and it can affect other people in some way. So one of the things that we do at the Orange Frog training is uh, smiles in the brain and how when you have somebody that smiles at you, no matter how hard you try to keep a straight face, you just have the smile on your, you just, you, you can't control it. And so Greg right now, I'm going to do that. We are. We're going to see I'm stone face. All right, we're going to see if you can do it, okay? So who's, I'm, who's smiling and who's trying not to smile? I'm smiling. I'm going to see You're if I can. You're smiling and I got to be heartless. Yeah. So if he's heartless, I'm people. I'm biting my cheeks. <laughs> I'm not you letting You better bite a little bit harder. All right, ready? So seven seconds, you have to hold it without smiling at me, okay? Here we go. Oh my gosh, you are heartless. I got you. <laughs> I was wondering if we were keeping track. That was close. That was probably five. That seconds. was close, yeah. You got you didn't last the whole time, but so do do we get to reverse that? Um I c I can't keep a straight face. All right, so. try. <laughs> I lost it already. I can't do All it. Right. I have smiles on the brain. So So Jenny, you said next time we're talking about falling up. Falling up. That yep. will be our last in the happiness advantage series. Which will be a nice little collection there to have out it there, will. out there for people. Um, if you have any questions, any thoughts, please let us know. Or if you have a way that you connect with people in a social way, please let us know by going to our website www.iccpodcast.com. You'll see a listener mail area there. Give us some feedback on that. We love hearing from people and. At the website there, you can also see our past shows as well as some minicast and some social media links as well. Jenny, anything else as we wrap up and close this one down, put this one in the books? I think so. Greg, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you, how much I love that you're including me in on this podcast. Well, thank you. And I'm sure everyone out there in the audience (laughs) is grateful too because or else they'd have to like listen to me just ramble about god knows what i don't even They're know what so the subject lucky. would be yeah. what would it be it would not be like rambo it, it'd just be like chuck norris just be, man rocky it'd be a scary place i don't know you brought in the ninja turtles last time so they're I'm, good I'm, I'm, they are do you know all four donatello leonardo Raphael, and michelangelo that's right do you know their weapons no and i don't know their colors either what one's purple blue is there a red? There is red. Purple, blue, red, orange. 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 Michelangelo. Okay. I almost said green. He's a party dude. Well, that wouldn't work because it matches Do you know skin. who matches the color? Oh, yeah. Really? Leonardo's blue. Donatello's purple. Raphael's red. And Michelangelo's orange. And we officially have, like, no one listening right now. I know. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you have any other insights into uh, the Ninja Turtles, we'd love to hear that, too. As we leave, ask yourself, what one thing could I do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself? Then wake up and do it, because greatness isn't achieved by one event, but instead a series of small, intentional steps. 
Go be awesome.